Hello, this is Brent, and I'm the dad. Hi, this is Lily, and I'm the daughter. And this is the Father-Daughter Pottercast, where we are reading the Harry Potter series for the first time together. Hello and welcome to the Father-Daughter Pottercast, your favorite father and daughter hosted book club podcast on the Harry Potter series. Is that a pretty specific podcast genre? Yes, it is. Does that make us any less your favorite? No, it does not. I am Brent the Father, joined, as always, by Lily the Daughter. Lily, tell us what's coming up on this week's episode. We are changing things up a little bit. This week's episode includes an interview and discussion with a special guest. We hope you enjoy it. Thank you, Lily, and let's get into the episode. So, Lily, we have a special guest on the podcast tonight. Uh, We actually teased this guest uh, for last week's episode. I don't know if you remember that or not, and then we we didn't actually bring him on. Uh, (laughs) But it's here tonight. Uh, This is... uh, my brother, your uncle, Ryan, is joining us. Uh, Ryan, you'd like to say hello to the folks? Hello, everybody. I'm excited to be on. Uh, so a little bit about Ryan. He uh, is a Potter head, Potter nerd. I'm not sure what the the actual Potter phrase head. is. Potter head? Ryan, do you know? Is there a term um, for people like you? I, I don't know. I'm not really sure. It's got to be something like that, though. Potterhead or Potter nerd. Hmm. Okay. Uh, so Potterhead, Potter nerd. Uh, Ryan says he has read the series through twice and working on the third. He has been to several midnight premieres of Harry Potter movies. Not he does, however, enjoy the Chronicles of Narnia more than Harry Potter. Lily, what do you think about that? Um, well, I haven't read the Chronicles of Narnia the whole way. I haven't read it the whole way through, but I think I would probably like Harry Potter more. Should we keep Uncle Ryan on the podcast, or should we kick him off? I don't know. I think our fans are kind of looking forward to this. Okay. All right, Perfect. we took a vote, Ryan, and we're going to keep you on. Uh, it was a close vote. It was a close vote. I just want you to know that, um, but you're staying. So, uh, but seriously though, we do appreciate your time. Uh, what I hope is some expertise. So we will see uh, at the end. I'll t- we'll, Liz and I will tell you whether or not we feel like you're an expert. Uh, All right, this so. sounds like a plan. Uh, so. You know, as we did last week's episode, I don't, I don't think we want to necessarily, you know, talk through chronologically through chapters 9 and 10, uh, The Midnight Duel and Halloween. Uh, but I think something really jumped out to both of us as we read these two chapters, uh, and that's Draco Malfoy and Hermione Granger. Mm-hmm. Would you agree or disagree? Agree. So, again, kind of like last week, I would like to just spend some time talking about Draco, kind of who he is, uh, why he is 
what he is, his relationship with Harry, and then the same with Hermione. Uh, because at the end of chapter 10, we do have a pretty big uh, um, event that uh, defines the relationship, DTRs, if you will. Um, what is that? You don't know what a DTR is? Ryan, do you know what a DTR is? Uh, I do, yeah. Okay. So, uh, it, it, well, it doesn't matter what it is. If you're listening and you know what it is, whatever. We do have a DTR between Harry... Ron and Hermione at the end of chapter 10 uh, after their uh, troll incident. So let's uh, let's get into it. So chapters 9 and 10, uh, The Midnight Duel and Halloween. We spend a good bit of time in chapter 9 with some events with Draco. Uh, before, I, I guess, actually before we get into this, Ron, I want to ask you a couple of questions. You're younger than I am, a good bit younger, as a matter of fact. Uh, mm -hmm. You were, how old when these books came out? They came out, uh, what, 21, two years ago? So you were not that old. Right? I think, yeah, I think when they started coming out, I was a baby. But I remember the last one coming out, The Deathly Hollows. I think I was, I don't know, 10 or 11 maybe, because I made our mother go by it the, the morning of, first thing, so yeah. I could read it. It says um, the first. Go ahead, Liv. It says the first book, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, was published in the United Kingdom in 1997 and the United States in 1998. There you go. So, yes, was, Ryan, you, you were born in 97, right? I was born in 96. 96. That's right, 96. 96. I blocked that year from my memory. <laughs> so, uh, so, Ryan, for you, why Harry Potter? Why do you like Harry Potter? What is Harry Potter? Did it mean something to you growing up? Was it a big part of your childhood or was it just something you did because you like to read? Um, Probably a little bit of everything. I don't really remember how exactly I got into Harry Potter. Um, but like I was growing up kind of in the world of Harry Potter. Because, um, you know, I've, I've been, I think, the last, either the last two or the last three movies we went to midnight premieres of, and I remember the last book or two coming out. Um, but I've always loved to read, which is probably one reason I got into Harry Potter. Uh, I still love to read. And then also, um, I've always loved kind of like the the fantasy genre, you know, the, the Lord of the Rings, the Chronicles of Narnia, the Harry Potter, all those kind of fit together in that same, um, that same fantasy kind of world building genre and i've always really enjoyed those i think that's why i've always kind of been um, pulled towards harry potter a little bit so you were you were how old when you were you lily's age when you started reading them you're about 10 um that sounds about right or maybe a little bit earlier i'm not sure because i know i just looked it up the deathly hallows the very last book came out in 2007 and i know i was waiting mm -hmm. on it to come out to read it because i had not read it yet Okay. So probably about Lily's age, maybe just a little younger, but right around there. Gotcha. Uh, what is your um, your favorite book? Uh, again, no spoiler alerts, but if you have a favorite, I mean, do you have a favorite book of, of the series? Um, it, it's hard to beat the first one just because it's the, uh, you just get into the kind of the, the mystery of it all and kind of the, 
like, you know, it's just captivating to be drawn into that kind of world and just really not know, not know anything yet, not know any characters, not know anything about Hogwarts or Quidditch yep. or, or whatever else. Uh, favorite character in the series? A favorite character? I kind of like Neville Longbottom a lot. Really? Kind of the, you know, the, the goofy kid who doesn't seem to be able to do things right a lot. Um, but he stumbles his way into courage and bravery quite often throughout the series. Uh, do you do you feel like you identify with Neville in that way? <laughs> Maybe a um, little bit. Right there. No, okay. Um, so, uh, thank you, Ryan, for uh, your whatever about yourself. Thank you for whatever. Allowing us to... Uh, I don't know, whatever. I don't know. Thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> whatever. Uh, so, Draco Malfoy, um, really the first time we met Draco was Diagon Alley. We see him again on the train to Hogwarts. What were your first impressions of Draco? Well, I don't really know what made him do this, but I feel like there was a change in Diagon Alley and the train. Because in Diagon Alley, I mean, he did kind of, he was kind of, I guess, bragging about himself, and mm-hmm. he was, like, talking about how muggle, people who grew up in muggle families shouldn't come to Hogwarts, but then, like, I feel like he was a little bit more friendlier than he was on the train, and in these two chapters. Yeah. I don't know what made him change, but maybe because he didn't know who... Harry Potter was because I think it did mention that Harry had tried to like hide his scar or something. Yeah, uh, Ryan, he didn't. Draco doesn't know who Harry. Draco doesn't know to whom he's talking at Diagon Alley, right? No. Um, no, I just looked it up, and he does not. Yeah. So, how would you how would you describe Draco, Ryan? Again, up to this point, I know you're you're. Um, a Potterhead, so you know, I guess, the character arc of Draco throughout all these books. But to this point, what do we know about Draco? What kind of person is Draco to you? Um, well, you can kind of tell that he's very kind of arrogant and standoffish a little bit, even right from the get-go. Um, and we'll see this more as the, the series progresses, but kind of loyalty, if that's the right word, seems to be very important to Draco, but it's here at the beginning too, even with him talking about even the first time he meets Harry and doesn't even know who he is and being, you know, Harry mentions that his parents are dead and rather than saying, uh, you know, genuinely being sorry or showing any kind of empathy, his first real question is really, you know, asking if they were witches and, and wizards. So you can see he's very kind of concerned about loyalty and, and purity and, um, he, he's not a very appealing character, even from the very beginning. He's, he's kind of someone that, you know, you can kind of tell is going to maybe turn into an enemy throughout, uh, throughout the book. So somebody like Draco that has grown up in, you know, a house with a lot of wizard privilege, he feels entitled. Um, you know, he feels entitled just things in life in general, he feels entitled to, you know, I guess success at Hogwarts. He's definitely heard stories of Harry Potter growing up, right? 
You, you always nod to these questions. We can't hear a nod on the podcast. We can yes, only, okay. yes. Uh, so as heard stories of Harry Potter <laughs> growing up, what, but Lily, what do you think, what do you think Draco's impression of Harry is up to the point that he meets Harry? Uh, so let me ask that question a different way. He's heard all these stories of Harry Potter. Do you think that even before he knows meets Harry Potter person, do you think he likes Harry? Do you think he doesn't like Harry? And again, consider everything we know because we know, well, I'll let you answer. Go ahead. I mean, I kind of think both. Like, I think that he would like Harry because Harry's kind of like famous and he, he, probably doesn't know that he lives with a muggle family since his parents are dead. Right. But he may think that Harry knows a lot of, like, spells and stuff, and he's really smart. And he may think that Harry's going to be, like, one of his... Okay, uh, some technical difficulties there with the uh, podcast. So, uh, Ryan, you still on? uh, You still with us? I am back. Good. That is good to hear. Lily, please continue. Draco, Harry. So, yeah, I was saying that he does. I think that he does like him. Because maybe he thinks that he could be friends with Harry and then somehow become head boy of Hogwarts or something. But then he may at the same time be thinking, well, Harry could be head boy and not me like he might help me become head boy but harry might be a little bit more like he may know more than me so he may i don't know he may just i don't know he may be head boy and not me so what do we make ryan of the incident not the incident the uh the discussion Harry and Draco have on the train where it appears that Draco is trying to be friendly with Harry uh, and in fact offers I don't have it in front of me I guess I should have been really on a ride if you have it but um, where, where are you looking? He does kind of seem to almost offer his hand to Harry in like a partnership What do we? what do we think about that? Yeah, it is. Uh, it is interesting. It's like he gives, you know, Harry that opportunity to come and and to join, uh, to join his side. I was trying to find it too. Um, oh yeah, and he has Crab and, and Goyle with him, so it's kind of like he's already established who his crew is going to be, who his little minions are, and he um, he almost gives Harry a, a hand to allow him the opportunity, especially because he is Harry is sitting with the Weasleys. Um, and uh, Malfoy does know who they are, and he is—he you know, speaks down to them about you know how poor they are, and yeah. um, almost almost gives Harry an opportunity to get away from you know people like that, um, and almost gives Harry really like a, a decision to to choose sides, to choose who he's going to be with, who he's going to identify with. So that kind of decision early on, and again, I know you you've read the entire series, Lily and I have not, but. I mean, does that 
Ryan, does that choice Harry makes right there in like chapter four or five of the very first book, do you feel like that sets the tone for everything that's to come? Um, I think so. Um, I don't know how to answer it without going into too many spoilers. Oh, well, then, no. um, I mean, so I, I guess, I guess to say, you know, when, when we see that interaction, is that what chapter is that in, Ryan? Is that chapter four? Yes, it is. Um, well, the original one in Diagon Alley, no, no, chapter no. six is the train conversation. Oh, that's chapter six. Okay. So, like I said, chapter six of the first book, we're not very far into it. You know, Harry does seem like he has a choice almost immediately of good versus evil. Would you agree with that, Lily? Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, Ryan, you mentioned, you know, loyalty as it relates to to Draco. It it seems like Harry values loyalty as well. Um, I have I have a I just thought of a question. So, do you feel, and this can go to either one of you, you know, last week we talked about the Sorting Hat, and the Sorting Hat went back and forth with Harry as to whether or not he could be in Slytherin or um, or uh, Gryffindor. And he says he would make a, uh, you know, a pretty good member of the Slytherin house. Do you think, like what, what characteristics, characteristics have we seen so far that, of Harry that may be similar to Draco? Well, Owner Ryan, you mentioned loyalty, and I think, that's true of both of them, but does that make sense what I'm asking? Uh, We're out of dead air here. Okay. Yeah, no, I think loyalty is something similar. I almost wish there was a different word we could use for each one because they define loyalty, I think, very differently. Is, is there a... You know, where, where Draco's is more along the lines of kind of purity and pure wizardry and um, Harry's is really not that. It's more along the lines of, of friendship and kind of sacrifice and love for one another. Um, so I think I kind of define it in different ways a little bit. Um, and then, you know, Draco is kind of almost very much about what, you know, what you can, what you can do for me kind of attitude where Harry's not necessarily like that. Um, so it's kind of interesting how they go about it in different ways. Wait, are you asking, like, should he be in Slytherin with Draco, or what are you asking? Well, so I guess my question is, you know, the Sorting Hat initially said, well, I, I guess because Harry kept saying not Slytherin, not Slytherin, the Sorting Hat says, you know, that he would he would make a great wizard if he was in Slytherin, because they value, I don't have it in front of me, um, let me see if I can find it here. Uh, because they value um, uh, you make your real friends, those cunning folk, use any means to achieve their ends. That's the that's in the song the Sorting Hat sings. So the Sorting Hat sees that in Harry. Would you agree with that? Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately puts him in in Gryffindor. So look, there is a competition between. Draco and Harry, even in these chapters, yeah. there's a competition with them. 
um, you know, really it's fleshed out in the uh, in the brooms, right? When Draco steals the uh, remember all from uh, Ryan's favorite character Neville, and <laughs> when Draco challenges Harry to the wizard duel, so they're both pretty competitive and combative. So, yes. what, what do you think about the competition that Harry and Draco have? I still don't really understand what you're saying. I mean, so let me ask it this way: Are Harry and Draco are they? Um, do you think they're enemies? Of each other? I think that they don't know a whole lot about themselves. Well, like, about the, the other. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, Draco has heard lots of stories about Harry, but he's heard about what has happened to Harry. He doesn't know, he doesn't know Harry. Yeah. Like, he doesn't know his characteristics. So, I mean... Do you think what Draco does know about Harry, again, growing up, hearing all these stories about Harry Potter, and now Harry Potter, the Harry Potter, the boy who lived, is is in Hogwarts with Draco. Do you feel like Draco has to try to prove himself against Harry? I mean, we don't really know where Draco's going to go with all of his, like with all this power that he wants to get, and we don't know why he's trying to kind of get Harry out of the picture. We don't mm-hmm. know what he's going to do once Harry is out of the picture, or if he is. But... I don't know. So, let's shift gears a little bit to Hermione Granger. Again, the first time we meet Hermione is on the train. We see her a lot here in chapters 9 and 10, culminating in the episode with the troll. So, Ryan, the first time you see Hermione, how do you feel about her? Um, she's definitely a, a more likable character right off the bat than, than Draco Malfoy was. Yeah. Um. She does have kind of some similar characteristics where she does try to um, impress people. She's she's very smart. Um, she's kind of naturally good at a lot of stuff, it seems like. Really, if you were just to see her character, you would probably think she had come from like a wizarding family or that she was, you know, kind of like a, you know, from a long line of some prestigious wizard family, but, but she's not. She's... Her, both her parents are, are muggles, which is kind of interesting um, that that's the case. But Hermione's such a good uh, witch or, or wizard. Um, but she's definitely a very likable character. Um, she It does seem like, though, that, you know, where, where she's eager to impress others, Draco Malfoy just kind of likes having, I think, the intention of others and, and seeming like he's better than others, whereas Hermione almost seems to be trying to prove herself and to, to prove her way that she belongs, that she belongs to Hogwarts, that she belongs in Gryffindor. 
Um, whereas Draco kind of just approaches everything as if he does belong because he's a mouthful what he is from this prestigious, you know, wizard family or, or maybe infamous wizard family would be the better word. Yeah. Lily, how would you describe Hermione? What are some words that you would use to describe her? I mean, Uncle Ryan, I do agree with you. I think she is smart, but when... I don't really have words. I just kind of can just describe a, her. Yeah, describe her. Like, when she does tell others, like, how smart she is, and, oh, I know this because I read this book, and it had that information in it. I don't think she's trying to brag, really. I just think she's trying to prove herself. Like, I know I come from a muggle family, but I she's trying to prove herself. Yeah, I I feel like she has a lot of uh, she has she has high expectations of herself. She thinks that that she has to be a perfectionist. I think to succeed at Hogwarts. Yeah. Right. Um, I think she um, she probably uh, struggles a lot with. Um, What's the word I'm thinking of? Uh, she struggles with uh, like how she views herself. Um, uh, self-confidence. That's what I'm trying to think of. She struggles with a lot of self-confidence because, or I guess yeah. a lack of self-confidence because, I don't know if it's in 9 or 10, but when, when they're doing the, um, uh, the levitation spells and she gets paired up with Ron and Ron says something you know, pretty mean um, uh, to Hermione and she cries. She runs out of the room and she cries. Oh, yeah. In fact, some of the other girls uh, say that she's in the bathroom crying because of what Ron said to her. Uh, Actually, I think that's in Chapter 9 and Ron feels pretty bad about it. Um, But maybe it's Chapter 10. I don't know. Wait, yeah, because it happened during the Halloween feast. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I mean, Ryan, what do you think about that? Do you what do you do you think Hermione struggles with a lot of, struggles with self confidence and maybe has a lot of self doubt? Yeah, I think um, I think she probably does, and just trying to fit in and belong. And uh, and up to this point, you know, she's not necessarily best of friends with Ron and Harry yet. I think she might think she is, or think you know, those are maybe people she wants to be. Um, friends with but Harry and Ron don't necessarily view her that way and so um, you do kind of see it when she's you know trying to spend time with them and, and, and you know grow those relationships and they don't necessarily reciprocate that or respond to that it does kind of upset her and that you know leads to her being in the bathroom crying when you know when Ron says something rude or you know whatever to her so I think that is something she struggles with is um, doubt and trying to prove that she belongs that she deserves to be there and she deserves to be in Gryffindor and um, just trying to prove herself all along the way. So, Ryan, you mentioned um, the fact that at this point, Harry, Ron, and Hermione aren't friends. The, the three of them aren't friends. Do you feel like, and I guess either of you can answer this question, but do you feel like at this point, Hermione sees Harry and Ron as her friends? It's just not reciprocated? They just don't think that she is their friend? Or do you feel like at this point, Everybody's just kind of 
Lily, what do you think? Do you think that Hermione at this point considers Harry and Ron friends? Um. She doesn't really talk to anybody else. No. But then she doesn't really talk to them a whole lot either. I mean, it doesn't. They do spend a lot of time together, and then in chapter 10 with this... Well, yeah. Uh, or I guess in chapter 9, she does go off with them for the duel, the supposed duel, where Draco sets them up. Right? So do you feel like they're friends? That she thinks they're friends? I think maybe when Harry and Ron save her, she may think that they're friends. But, I mean, she may think that they're friends, but she probably knows that what they think of her. Yeah. Up to this point, Ryan, what do you think? Do you think, um, or, or I guess let me ask you the, a, a kind of the opposite question. How do you think Harry and Ron view Hermione up to this point? Um, I think I think they're a little annoyed with her, you know. Um, I don't remember exactly where it is, but there is um, a time or two. Like, it's always like Hermione's in the background just overhearing everything that they're talking about. She's not at the table with them, or maybe she's a few seats down, and she's always trying to, you know, interject herself into the conversation. And, you know, uh, you know, at one point she says something like, I was listening, and Ron responds, well, like, of course you were, you know, kind yeah. of that idea that, She's not always welcome, but she seems to always be there jumping into the conversation or always there to to stop them from doing, you know, something against the rules or or whatever else. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely agree. I think think at this point, Hermione would say, Ryan, if you walked up to Hermione and said, Hermione, are you friends with Harry and Ron over there? I think she would probably say yes. Yes, they're my friends. Because it doesn't seem like she talks... Or spends a lot of time with really anybody else. I think Lily, if you went up to Harry and Ron and said, "Hey, Harry and Ron, are you friends with her, that girl Hermione over there?" Pretty sure they would say no. Definitely, Ron would say no. Harry would maybe say yes, but probably not. So let me ask this question, and then I want to move on to talking about the troll episode and kind of how that ends up. So with Hermione and with Draco, they both. Um, Again, they both know about they both know who Harry Potter is before they ever meet him, right? Right. Um, you know, do you feel like at this point, again, really up until the troll incident, which kind of changes everything, but do you feel like maybe there's some competition, and maybe they don't even know, but it's between the two of them, but competition between Draco and between Hermione? to compete for Harry's, I don't want to say friendship, but I think they both know, this is a long way to ask a question, they both know who Harry is, that more than likely, you know, he's he's is going to wind up to be a pretty powerful wizard, considering who his parents are. And they're both trying to kind of hitch their wagon, so to speak, to what Harry Potter might be. Does that make sense what I'm asking? Like, could there between Draco and Hermione, could there be selfish motives to being friends or acquaintances or partners with Harry Potter? 
Does that make sense what I'm asking? Yeah. I mean, do you think that's going on? Do you think it's not going on, Lily? What do you think? I mean, like, like you said, I don't really think they know that it's going on between them. But, yeah, I do like that theory. I think that they probably both are trying to get Harry's friendship, considering what he might become. Like, maybe they just... They may even be jealous of Harry because of how everyone know knows who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe that Draco is jealous of that, but that may in some way intimidate Hermione. I don't know if Hermione cares as much about the recognition, but... Yeah, so they may like want to be somehow be friends with Harry so that when he does do something great, they will... Maybe, I guess, like, when what Harry has done is in the newspapers, probably Hermione and Draco's names will be in the papers or Mm -hmm. something. Like, they will be famous, too. Yeah. And people will have heard stories about them. Ryan, what do you think? I mean, do you think I'm off base? Do you think there's something to what I'm asking between Draco and Hermione? Um, I'm not sure. I don't, I don't really know if Hermione is necessarily drawn to Harry because, you know, he is Harry Potter. I think in a lot of ways, Hermione sees Harry as kind of someone in a similar position to her. Um, in that, you know, Hermione coming from an all muggle family, yeah. she didn't, um, she didn't know this world of Hogwarts and wizardry and, uh, you know, she didn't, you know, know that much coming into it. She certainly seemingly knows everything now because she studied her way into knowing everything. But um, so I think she kind of sees in Harry a little bit of herself, maybe somebody who's coming in and though he is from, you know, this famous wizard, he has no clue. He doesn't really even know who he is. He doesn't know anything about wizardry or Hogwarts or Quidditch or whatever else. And so I kind of wonder if she's just drawn to that a little bit because right. she, she was like that too. And so just naturally she's drawn yeah. to him. Um, uh, but I, I'm not necessarily I don't know if she's necessarily kind of in a competition with with Draco or anything I think Draco does probably see Harry more as someone he can kind of hitch his wagon to and kind of make his own name greater uh, by by you know either being friends with or being enemies of Harry Potter yeah no just throw my theory and just on the ground and just stomp on it right why don't you that's fine I don't, I don't, I don't have my feelings or anything. Uh, I try to so let's talk about the troll episode for a minute because again i think things everything changes with their relationship we have that dtr we have the define the relationship not talk but event here so lily uh, again kind of recap for us what briefly what happened with the troll so they ron and harry were at the halloween feast and I don't think Hermione was there. I think mm-hmm. she was still in the bathroom or somewhere. She just wasn't at the feast. But And then the feast is rudely interrupted by, um, I think it, someone told Dumbledore that they had spotted a, a troll yep. in, the, in the school. And so every prefect for um, the the... 
the house like leads there all the people that live in that house back to their like common room yeah um and then harry and ron remember that hermione wasn't at the feast and so she has no clue what's going on and so they go and try to ron agrees to go and try to save her and they like well they find the troll and then they lock it into the girl's bathroom and then they realize oh wait hermione was in there so they get it out and then Snape somehow spots them and then Mm -hmm. goes to tell Professor McGonagall and Professor McGonagall or she was getting on to Ron Ron and Harry and then Hermione lies and says I was trying to go like I was trying to spot the troll because I'd read about him in books and stuff and so I think that's that's kind of where we see that they do kind of have a friendship. Mm-hmm. So, Ryan, to this point, uh, you know, Hermione is definitely, uh, you know, Miss Goody Two-Shoes, does everything the right way, makes sure that everybody knows she's doing everything the right way. But when she is trapped in the bathroom, as Lily said, and saved by Ron, actually, in this case, uh, with the... Uh, Wingardium Leviosa. I don't know if I said that right or not. Spell. Uh, she sticks up for him by lying to Professor McGonagall, as Lily said. So what what do you think changes at this point? Is it just the fact that they saved her? Is it the fact that they came that they remembered her and came back for her? What do you think changes for Hermione here? Um, yeah, I think it probably has a lot to do with the fact that they came back for her. Um, I think probably in her mind, that solidified that that friendship was kind of reciprocal. Um, and then just, you know, as as J.K. Rowling says, you know, there's there's some things you can't share without ending up liking each other and knocking out a 12-foot mountain troll is one of them. So just kind of going through that experience together just naturally brings them together. Um so I think I think it does kind of solidify that in, in Hermione's mind that they, you know, these are people worth having as friends. They are worth somebody, you know, people worth uh, worth lying for and breaking rules over. Um, and it all kind of culminates in that, that episode. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think, and I think actually maybe Rowling answers our question here as to who thought who was friends. Um, so I'm going to read, Ryan, you, you read some of it here, but I'm going to read a little bit longer section here right at the end. Uh, this is after they, you know, have the running with the troll, they've saved Hermione, whatever. It says, the common room was packed and noisy. Everyone was eating the food that had been sent up. Hermione, however, stood alone by the door waiting for them. There was a very embarrassed pause. Then, none of them looking at each other, they all said thanks and hurried off to get plates. But from that moment on, as Ryan, you read earlier, Hermione Granger became their friend. There are some things that you can't share without ending up liking each other. And knocking out a 12-foot mountain troll is one of them. So I think, again, I think Rowling answers our question in that it says Hermione Granger became their friend. It doesn't say, and the three of them became friends, or 
Harry and yeah. Ron became her friend. So I think I think maybe there was that for a while up to this point that one sided friendship. And Ryan, as you said, that you know the fact that that they came back, remembered Hermione, you know, put themselves in danger, potentially sacrificing themselves, their own safety, uh, even I guess up to the point of possibly dying for Hermione had things gone a different way, and that to her finally solidifies that that friendship as as uh, to use another. Um, phrase from a, a movie uh, Olaf in Frozen says some people are just worth melting for in Hermione's <laughs> yeah. case some people are just worth <laughs> lying for um, which brings me a question is it okay to lie in order to no, I'm just quoting just, we're not going to talk about that at the moment <laughs> um, is there such thing as an okay lie uh, well I think that that's it for chapters nine and ten for me. Uh, we didn't even talk about Quidditch. Um, maybe we can catch oh, yeah. that uh, on the next podcast. Considering chapter eleven is called Quidditch, Quidditch. Uh, we can talk some more about that. Ryan, do you got anything you want to add? Um, I did get I did kind of nerd out a little bit, and I looked up the uh, the, the etymology of the different spells that were introduced to. That is kind of one of my, you know, you know, you kind of as you learn about Hogwarts and wizardry as you go through the book and series, you start learning more and more of these spells. Mm-hmm. Um, so Alohomora, you know, to unlock the door. Yeah. Um, I think it comes from some kind of African kind of tribal religious term or something like that. And yeah. it literally means friend to thieves. Um, so that's kind of interesting idea of locking doors and unlocking doors. That and is thieves. interesting. Um, and then uh, Wingardium Leviosa is, uh, I think it's a bunch of just Latin words jammed together. Um, and it means something along the lines of to lift up high, um, which obviously makes sense with levitating things off the ground. Well, thank you for that uh, that little bit of, <laughs> of nerd information. I did a little etymology on my own. And Draco Malfoy, Draco's Latin, I almost said Spanish, Latin. For dragon, and Malfoy, I think is French for bad faith. So bad faith dragon. So there you go. I think we should just start referring to him as bad faith dragon. As bad faith dragon, (laughs) maybe so. We'll see how that goes. Ryan, we appreciate you joining us tonight as we record. Um, uh, Sorry again for the uh, uh, technical difficulties earlier. I'm pretty sure maybe COVID nineteen was trying to warm its way into. the recording software here i'm not sure uh, so like i said thanks ryan for jumping on with us i'm sure we'll have you on again at another podcast uh, unless we get a lot of poor feedback from this one with you being on and in which case we will <laughs> ban you for life uh lily anything you want to add before we jump off tonight mm. man not really sorry we didn't talk about quidditch oh. We'll talk about that in the next episode. Okay. All right, nothing to add. Plenty of time for quick. Plenty of time. We got like like eight other books to talk about. So yeah. we got plenty of time for quidditch. Uh all right, that's it. Lily, appreciate it as always. Brian, thank you again. Be well. Don't get sick. Thank y'all very much. Right. I will try not to. All right. Love you. See you. Bye. Love you. All right, love y'all too. Bye. Bye. 
Thanks again to Uncle Ryan for joining us on this week's episode. We hope you all enjoyed uh, our discussion with him. Lily, what else you got for us? Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review the Pottercast. See you next week.